and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. I keep waiting for somebody to say I'm John. I am kind of John, but not John. <laughs> John is was it was supposed to be outgoing and doing a pool party today. Uh, so we invited Captain Mizzy to join on the show today. But John is now in the audience because weather went poop. So uh, welcome to episode 180. Uh, today's podcast, we're going to be talking about RPGs. Not only are we talking about RPGs, as in building characters, running games, uh, one of the campaigns that I'm running right now, uh, but also what happens when um, your campaign fizzles and just by, goes by out. RPGs, I just want to clarify this. You're talking about rocket propelled grenades, right? Uh, ye, no. <laughs> I mean, it's me. Oh, Anything is possible wow. here. My research went in a totally different direction then. <laughs> Cannons um, everywhere, Kathy. I gotta rethink everything. So, we'll be going over that. Um, other than that, let's go and get started with our business. Uh, we are a creature creator. You may see us paint creature, creature caster models from time to time. Uh, you will not see Kathy painting much of creature caster models on here anymore because Kathy is going to her own channel to paint her own miniatures. Yay! That's the news. That's the news of the week. Um, we'll have I'm, more information about that. I haven't started yet, but... We'll get that a little bit later. Uh, we want to thank Muse on Minis also for providing uh, hosting and getting also our podcast out to many other people um, in many different ways. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Lynn Stahl of Metalhead Minis for uh, hosting some of our product where you can buy and get some of these uh, items. Um, you will be able to see uh, dice, measuring widgets, a bunch of different things. So you can see all those out there. Um, and Tectonic Crush Studios, Dan the Man. Dan uh, creates some great uh, FDM or MDF terrain uh, that you can get on his store, and you'll be able to see it. If you're on Twitch, you can find all links to all of these people down in our uh, area and give them a shout-out. Also, if you're going to go to Muse on Minis and um, purchase anything from there, make sure you use More Than Dice, all one word, and you'll get 10% off of everything you buy. Uh, your total price, so, which is great because that'll save you on shipping and et cetera, et cetera. So, other than that, um, so we have Captain Mizzy. Uh, Captain Mizzy is one of our mods on our channel, and Captain Mizzy does a lot of role playing with us. That's the reason why we, Kathy was like, "Hey, get Captain Mizzy." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> I was partially manipulated because Gonzo texted me and was like, "Hey, Kathy wants you," and I'm like. I can't say no to Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, man. So, uh, I'm let's... lucky. I'm lucky that way. Mizzy let's... can't say no to me. Let's get some of the other stuff. Uh, Kathy, what are you drinking tonight? Gin and tonic. Gin and tonic. Captain Mizzy, what are you drinking tonight? I am having Sprite and water. Because I am potentially getting sick and I cannot have alcohol, so, <laughs> so you're you get a sober to... Mizzy. Um, I am almost finished with my McCullen 18, so I will be drinking that tonight. Enjoy um, it for me. As our guest, Captain Mizzy, do we have any tributes that we have this week? Um, I know of one that I sent you because my childhood. Uh, it is the voice voice actress who did Muriel on Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, Thea White. Aww. Yeah, she did a bunch of voice acting and such. Yes. 
I know that there was also uh, the guitarist on um, ZZ Top. What? What's his name? Shit. Let's see. Dusty Hill of ZZ Top passed away. Uh, three musicians passed away. A bass player. Not, yeah, a bass player. Um, Joey Jordanson of Slipknot. Uh, Mike Howell of Metal Church and David Bowie's guitarist John Hutchinson all passed away this week. Um, so we had quite a few people, a lot of a lot of musicians, and a lot of them were old, uh, except for Joey. Um, they haven't said what or why, um, how he passed away. Um, just that happened in his sleep. Um, everybody else was uh, getting up there in years. Um, other than that, Kathy, did you have any tributes? Uh-uh. No. Uh, guys, we want to make sure that you're being safe. Please wear your mask. Please go get your uh, vaccine. Um, we want to see you at conventions that are coming up, conventions that are going to be happening. Um, and like most of us are going to be going to Adepticon this coming up year, uh, which if you didn't see that cool miniature for the people that, you know, gave their badges or whatever, uh, was a really cool looking thing, uh, which I did. Uh, I so did I not see that. Yeah, oh, he's there's... adorable. He's like this little mechanicus chibi. Yeah. So you'll probably get mine, Mizzy. Uh, okay. But um, we want to see everybody at Adepticon because uh, that might be the first more than dice gathering in person. All of us at the same time. All of us together. Yes. In the same Literally time. all of us. <laughs> and it's my birthday weekend, so like even please. better. Yes. I need to see your faces, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so guys, please wear your mask. Please wash your hands. Please do everything that you can uh, to stay safe. We want to see you in all the upcoming we conventions. We want to see everybody at HugCon 2022. Hug <laughs> yes. So ah! yes. It, and actually, it'll be the first time that all three of us had been in the same room in person because I haven't seen John in probably like 85 years Kathy since Adepticon like what two three years ago or something three years ago because you weren't able to go the last time yeah yeah that one and then of course last year I wasn't able to so please yeah <laughs> there's Legionnaire says there's yes, no more please with me where's your bleeping mask yes so. Legionnaires yes <laughs> so but Cosmic here, more... Cubicle, feel free to lick the floors if you want. It's your floors. So, guys, be safe. We want to see you. Cheers. Also, I'm drinking ginger tea and it's hot. And delicious. <laughs> so, um, Captain Mizzy, um, yeah, you are on this today because we're we'll going to be talking about RPGs, and today's episode is going to be all about RPGs. But we asked you to come on because of certain things that have happened, not only with you but also with me. Um, your RPG setting. How did you get started into being and playing RPGs, or even liking RPGs? So, a long, long time ago in high school, I was on Gaia, online.com, and 
I was in the forums, you know, I, I was in a group, you know, obviously it was pirate themed because, you know, it's me. Um, and I role played on there. And, like, I just, I liked the fantasy and the story and the escape and all that other stuff. So, and I hadn't played an actual D&D session with anybody until uh, I, we attempted the Midgard campaign. Uh, I think that was in, like, what, 2019? Yeah, we attempted Midgard, and it kind of folded. Yes, that folded. So I think I think we might have got into, like, one, two episodes, sessions, and that fell apart for reasons, because it happens. And then, so I would say that my first actual campaign was our Rhyme of the Frost Maiden Icewind Dale campaign, which uh, Becca DM'd. But if I remember correctly, you listened to an RPG for quite a long time <laughs> before you actually started playing. Yes. Um, I actually forgot about that. Uh, it was your Dawn of the Harbinger uh, campaign. And uh, I, I had emotional feels about that. That was the Star Wars one. <laughs> it was the Star Wars one. Yes, it was. That was the Star Wars one that Gonzo was... Uh, were you... You were streaming that, right? We were recording it. Um, okay. Uh, I listened to it on Stitcher. So, like, way past everything. I, I think it was a good chunk of the way in when I started listening. And then I had to wait forever for the ending. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we got the ending and we finally got it. So, because one of the things that I told people when we were doing this campaign, the Star Wars, was like, I, I want this to have an end. I don't want this to be like a continuing, you know, long drawn out. It says, this is the story I want to tell. I want to have this end. And this is where, you know, it's going to have an ending type thing. Uh, it was a roller coaster, but it ended. <laughs> it was very much in the Star Wars. We use the Fantasy Flight uh, uh, system for Star Wars, and it works out really well. Um, had some really good things. Uh, we had uh, someone come in in the middle of the middle of the game session and make a new character. But I remember many a times uh, I would be at work or at home and Captain Miz would be working <laughs> and I would get this text of the fuck happened. <laughs> no, you're an ass. You're dead. This is, yes. No, why is this character, you know, all that... of this is accurate. I and, have no shame for my yeah. emotions <laughs> because it was a big roller coaster type thing. And after we did that campaign, you know, I said I wanted to do a new campaign. And so I asked Captain Mizzy if she wanted to play in it. And we did the Midgard. Um, the Midgard campaign went off, but pandemic happened. And okay. everybody started falling apart and, you know, so on and so forth. And it was just like, we did one story of the Midgard campaign and it just kind of stopped. Um we also tried reusing Roll20 and tried to push the envelope with a lot of stuff, and it just didn't work out. Uh, but at that time, the pandemic had fully hit in swing, and, you know, we were all burnt. You know, we all we all know that time frame in our life when it was first happening, and we were all stuck at home. Emotionally, physically, mentally exhausted, yeah. Yeah. So that campaign didn't go off. So, um, so we started up a new campaign, or Becca did. And we started up uh, doing the Rhyme of the Frost Maiden campaign. And this is where you got to design your first character. Really get into designing your first character. My first official character that I actually got to play in depth. Yes. 
Um, so my that would be Arjun, who is a non-binary warforged artificer. Um, and in building Arjun, I I struggled with it at first, but then uh, Becca was really awesome at um, setting out times to where we could talk about it and brainstorm ideas and like you know what fit what I wanted to play, what I was comfortable with. And that's how we ended up with Arjun, who, you know, cooking, bartending, uh, brews, a hell of a cup of coffee. Hell of a cup of coffee. That Tomlin, <laughs> played by Gonzo, was addicted to. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, um, I played a monk in this. And you the, may. <laughs> he, he was a vegetarian monk, and the only thing he would, like, drink was, like, water and coffee. <laughs> Arjun coffee. Is he maybe amused to know that the... I had a character in a game that was an artificer, or not an artificer, she is Warforged, who also had a cooking skill, but was really terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see for, that out of me. <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> oh my god, it was funny. So, the Rime of the Frost Maiden uh, went off, and we got, what, 16 episodes in? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. So about 40 hours worth of gameplay is what we played. Yeah. Um, I don't know where we are within the module or the book. Uh, I just heard... Um, so when I got with Becca and I asked if she would run um, this campaign because I heard the Rime of the Frostmaiden was supposed to be this new, elaborate, cool, you know, really good uh, RPG. Um, we decided to do it, but Rhyme of the Frostmaiden and all this stuff is a very deadly area. Characters can die. You know, there is no happy endings in the <clears> north. <throat> yeah, no happy endings in the north is what they say. Uh, and so we started playing, and the campaign was going pretty good for a bit. Um, it was going pretty strong. We had some good character development, uh, good, um, good story, like Tomlin... Tomlin was a monk, and Tomlin was actually literally crazy. Um, you probably won't... The campaign has pretty much stopped. We probably won't be picking it up if we do. It'll be a long time in running. But Tomlin was a wood elf monk that was tortured by demons for 100 years. And so as a defense mechanism, he has multiple personalities. And would constantly talk to himself out loud... And so during the campaign, I would like look over and say something in a weird voice and then come back and, you know, answer that weird voice. And he had a thing where he didn't like anybody being wrongfully punished. And we had a character. He gave away all of his gold. Oh, yeah. I gave away every bit of my, my money. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, we got a ton of money. And I would just go around giving it away. You were so insistent on getting paid, but then you would just give it away. <laughs> I gave away everything. Everything. It didn't matter. Uh, but, um, like, the campaign also, like, our group called, was called Gorga and Company <laughs> because Gorga was the name of our barbarian. And that was the party leader because Tomlin decided to make the big strong guy our party leader with, like, and, no charisma. And like, Arjun did not want to be a part of that leader thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but our campaign was running really good. Um, but in the last month two months we've had a basically lot of basically when from... loki premiered um it was a little bit before that i think um we had a lot of issues yeah. with people being able to get online 
Um, and then a lot of personal issues like uh, family issues, health issues, so on and so forth that just it couldn't go. I mean, it does take a lot of scheduling coordination. Yeah. I mean, because we got like myself and Mizzy are in the same time zone. Josh uh, is in the, in the time zone. And Jackie was also playing this, but she you know, she's in New York area. And then Becca is in Canada, roughly the same. One hour off, I think, is what yeah. Becca was. In the east. Yeah, yeah, Eastern Time. Yeah. So, you know, we had... It, and Jackie was okay with what, what time we were playing. Just, you know, we played for about two hours. Uh, but then personal issues arose, and it just started getting fewer and fewer times that we could, you know, play. And so it became a big scheduling issue. Uh, and people were having, you know, personal real life issues and we're like why don't we just put this on a back burner is this anybody's fault no it's life that's what it is um and that's i think that's what the common thing about most rpgs that end is that they end because life type thing um other than that um kathy I know that you were playing in some RPGs and they kind of fizzled out or anything like Shadowrun. Weren't you supposed to be doing a Shadowrun campaign? We we, did, we started Shadowrun and we were having fun with it. And then I think people just got busy with their own lives. And that's the thing that happens. You know, it's, it's, it's rare to find a D&D group that meets on a regular basis more than once a month even and once a month if you're lucky yes. you know All where, where people true. don't have life things it was it was so much easier like in high school or in college you know but you know once you're past that and you have families and you have jobs and you have all these different things pulling you in all these different directions and every single person has different things going on. It's very hard to, to find a group that, you know, you can agree to meet, you know, on a regular basis. Now I had a group that met every single Monday night and that was a very rare thing. And I was with that group for a few years. And then last June, our game master died and well that was that we did have somebody who who tried to you know jump in and run his own game but he wasn't used to running uh, a non-tournament style game now if if there's people listening who have played tournament style D&D it's a very different thing than just playing you know, casual at, you know, at somebody's house. Can you explain this, uh, casual, the, the tournament D&D for me? So I've never played tournament D&D, but my friend had explained it to me because every year for many years, he would go to Gen Con and at Gen Con, they have, uh, this tournament D&D, which is there's a judge at every table in the room and every table has a group a team uh, and each person in the team gets the same character at every table. You don't like roll up your own special snowflake character uh, and 
the game master, every game master is running the same scenario. Mm. And so this group, you're running this group through it, and this group is trying to get through this uh, in the time allotted. And I gather that you score points by succeeding at certain things. And also, you know, bonus if no one dies and stuff. Now, like I said, I've never played, and I'm just going from memory of, of what this person told me. And 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 he always sat next to me when we were playing our Monday night games. And he was always, like, in a rush. Like, if somebody had questions or wanted to maybe retcon something that they didn't realize, he would always be like, fog of war, fog of war, let's move on, let's move on. You know, you know rush, rush to the next, you know, whatever to the next combat, to the next plot point, to the next... I don't know what he was rushing to, honestly, because we were all just like, it's after work, we're going to come over and blow off some steam and shoot the shit and maybe roll some dice, right? Right. So I don't know, I don't understand what he was so in a hurry for us to to get to, you know? I've had other people that I've played with in, in different groups that were that way. They're rushing to get to the next... I don't really know because there's no reason to be rushing through it. I mean, game time passes at the same time, no matter how much time you're just table talking, shooting the shit or, you know, eating Doritos or whatever it is that you're doing to waste time. As long as you're having fun. Yeah. You know, as long as everybody at the table is having fun, it really doesn't matter how long it takes you to, get from talking to this druid to solving his dilemma in a dungeon three days away. It, <laughs> it could take you three sessions. It could take you one session. It could take you a whole month of sessions. It doesn't really matter. But do you think that that was just because his mentality was, I'm used to playing as a, as, as, as a tournament-style GM... That it just yeah, his, took a, his mentality took a... was very rushed, and I absolutely think that that was the reason why he not only did he play run these tournament, he was a tournament judge. That's what they called it. So the judges are the people that run the games for each table. And uh, so, <laughs> so that he ran very stressful. Yeah, he ran games for us. He ran us through this one module and. There's one guy in our group that I, I'm pretty certain has, I don't know, some kind of a anxiety thing or OCD of some sort or both or, you know, something, something like that. Uh, and he's very particular and he doesn't learn from when he messes up. So he'll make the same mistake over and over and over. And the other guy just has no patience for that. And I'm like, look, there's just people who are like that, whether it's from some brain quirk or some medication they're on or something. Uh, they shouldn't be penalized for it. Yeah. But he kind of was, when he started running the game and this guy was playing in it, he was, he was a bit uh, punitive. You know, he was he really kind of punished this guy for that. And I just felt so bad. And by the end of every game, I was 
I was angry for this guy <laughs> who kept getting punished for, yes, he was doing stupid shit. But we were all used to him doing that when this other guy used to run the games. Mm-hmm. You know, and we accepted it and we moved on. Right. This guy running the game, the whole dynamic was very different and it was very difficult. Uh, and it was hard for me just to watch him interacting with the different people, even though he's a friend of mine, you know? Yeah. Like, we're friends. But it just hurt for me to watch him, you know, treating people like this in a game. So I had to stop playing. And, you know, I feel like if something's making you uncomfortable and you're in a game, a role-playing game situation, do not be afraid to talk to your game master, whether they're the person that's making you feel that way or whether it's somebody else in the group that's making you feel that way. You, you definitely even want to talk is. to people. And for me, it was just, look, I'm I'm not having fun. I like, it's nothing against you as a person. Like, we're still friends. I'm just, I'm not, I felt like I was breaking up with someone, right? <laughs> it was very it's difficult not... for me. And, and And I'm not a confrontational person. And I wasn't trying to, you know, confront him. I just wanted to say, look, you know. I'm not okay with this. This isn't my style of play, the way that you're running this game. This just isn't the way that I want to play Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. You know? So I'm just going to, you know, bow out, you know? And he understood. and, uh, And everybody else understood. So I had to find something else to do on Monday nights. And then... Somebody else invited me to join their Shadowrun game. And the Shadowrun game was fun. And we all had, okay, so it was a fun game. It was a fun group of people. And the stories were fun. I had a problem with my character, though. I feel like I overstretched when I selected that type of character. Uh, It's a, I don't even remember what it's called. There was so much information with this character. It's like you needed an encyclopedia to keep up with all the different things they could do, all their skills, all their equipment, all their cybernetics. Weren't you a street samurai? Yeah, yeah, it was a street samurai. I am not the person who likes to keep a catalog of everything that they can do. (laughs) I just want to hit things and kill them. <laughs> I, I kind of, I want I kind of feel the same way too. And a shield, maybe, and just hit things. Yeah. So I, I kind of ran into the same thing with Arjun, actually, um, because artificers just have so much stuff to keep track of that. It got to a point where I actually, I, I talked to Becca and I was like, look, I'm not enjoying this as much as I thought that I would. Like, I don't feel like I'm playing this character the way that it should be played. And then that's when we actually talked about um, changing up my character and finding an exit strategy for Arjun. <laughs> which yeah. did not go as planned. The exit strategy was death. Uh, I the love unplanned death. exit strategy was death. Because that's always the player, an alternative. Mizzy, 
is not the greatest at making decisions for their character. <laughs> John says, funnily, Street Samurai is the easiest archetype to, archetype to play, pretty much. That's your opinion. Uh, also, <laughs> I didn't have the rules memorized. Uh, and... Shadowrun can be that way. Shadowrun is very... Nothing like champions or, you know, GURPS or stuff like that, but it and, is. And when you don't have all the source books in front of you, it's, I'm lost. Yeah. I mean, you can give me a bunch of PDFs, but that's that's insane. I, I'm not a computer, you know, data person. That's not my job. I know there's a lot of people that stare at the screen all day and are able to pull up data all the time. I'm not that person. Uh, so it's difficult for me to find things in PDF. Um, so it was it was very difficult. Legionnaires makes a good point. A good GM can let you switch characters in Shadowrun. For me, it didn't even dawn on me that that was what I was experiencing until after uh, the game kind of stopped. So, I mean... You know, the GM was like, I need to take a step back and take a break, and I need to do other things. So we were like, okay. And then we never heard anything else uh, about it after that. So it just fizzled out. Yeah. Who knows magic? And, and, you know, that happens with games. Oh, it, hap- happens, it happens a lot. It happens with games I've played. Oh, yeah. It happens. It happens a ton. Um, uh, there are many times. Okay, so... I'm going to go back, back in 9293, this tells you how long ago it was. I met, uh, I was in the military, in the Air Force, and um, I had this weird schedule. It was three days on, seven days off. My three days on were 12-hour shifts and so on and so forth. And so it was the seven days off I had were technically like five days off. Because the other ones were reserved for Commander. So I had some friends that I met on the base. And we would play nonstop. We would technically get together and play nonstop like three days straight. And everything. Because we were all off at the same time. We all, you know, didn't have anything that we had to do. And so it was like two to three days of full-time gaming. Um, of course, military, you know, everybody moves, starts getting discharged or whatever, and it broke up. But it was some of the greatest times. I remember plenty of times we would be, we would start, you know, a session, hey, we're going to get together, and we would role play until, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, take a nap, and then go and, you know, play some more. Um, so, I mean, that was a thing. But, I mean, those are rare, rare, rare things to get a group that goes really crazy. Um so, I mean, there's, 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 there's difference between then and now. Uh, one, you can do everything electronically now, which is actually kind of cool because, you know, like, hey, I can get, you know, I can't get together with people face to face. You know, I can do it electronically. I've run an Earthdawn campaign. I've run it twice face to face, and it's been over a year long campaign. But I'm also one of the people that like, to do campaigns that are like, uh, I have a story I want to tell. There is an ending to this. So at the end of this story, depending on how long it takes you to get there, 
we'll be done with the campaign. Um, and that's what we're going to go with. Uh, and I've done four game, five game sessions, and they last for quite a long time because I have a story that I want y'all to tell. I just want y'all to get there. Um, and so that's happened a lot. The ones that usually, f I wouldn't say fall apart, are ones that really don't have an end or it just keeps on going and going and going and there's not a, I guess a plot to go with. Or the GM just is like, oh, we're just going to go through dungeon after dungeon after dungeon after dungeon after dungeon. You're like, okay. And there's no yeah. character development either. Because that's, to me, that's a big thing is character development. Uh, I had this really cool thing for, you know, my monk uh, plotting and everything. And it all just kind of went, you know, it's gone. Uh, not a big deal. Things just happen. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to bring up that a lot of people cannot role play online. It is just a thing. Don't get me wrong. I would rather be face to face with some food and drink and across the Absolutely. table from people. But I yeah. have not had the pleasure of experiencing such joys. <laughs> so I am looking forward to that. Um, uh, online RPG uh, <laughs> just like any session. Dude, I'm right there with you. Um, I am getting to play in a session again. So I'm like really super hyped about this one. So, but, um, I was reminded about, um, a campaign that I'm running. I'm running them with two of my old friends <laughs> that I used to play with back in 92, Captain Mizzy, uh, and two of my friends that I know from local gaming, from the gaming community, um, and on Facebook. And, um, we're doing something very different. Uh, we've, I've done it before. Um, and so this is something that I, I wanted to bring up because we were talking about different ways to play. And so we're running, I'm running the Dragon Heist uh, book uh, based in Waterdeep. I love Waterdeep. It's a great city, you know, Fratton Realms, cool world, so on and so forth. Um, so what we're doing is after Dragon Heist is done, everybody wants to go into Undermountain and explore it and do that. And I'm like, cool got the book we can do all this but the one thing that we're doing is what was called a character tree uh everybody's creating five characters and you have your main character which is the character that's going to be in dragon heist and then you've got four other characters that are supporting casts and so when one character levels up one of your other supporting cast characters level up also and they all have to stay relatively the same level i know so this one goes level two one of your other characters go level two when your main character goes level three when your other characters have to go to level two. So your four supporting characters um, have to pretty much stay around the same level. Uh, and the reason why we're doing this is, one, if someone's tired of playing the Paladin for a month, they can easily switch over to one of their other characters without that ever having to work. That is interesting. That is an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Also, um, it's Ruins of Undermountain. Undermountain's deadly. Um, and if something happens to that character... You know, and they die, they can, you know, immediately pick up with another character that's in the party. Um, how, like, one, we have one guy, he's playing an entire family. His entire family is Landry Boudreaux. He is a southern bayou gentleman, and his entire family is a family of, like, wood carvers. And so, like, he's a warlock, his dad's something, and he's got, like, brothers. And so he's got the whole family tree as an actual family. Um... 
And yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly what it was from Dark Sun, because Dark Sun was a stupid, deadly world, too. Um, but we were doing this, and we're doing... It's... <laughs> so we're running through the campaign. It's a great module. It's a great thing. It actually can be tailored really well. But we have people that are crazy. <laughs> and when I mean there is... There is chaos in this campaign. There is a ton of chaos. But it's a ton of fun chaos. Like, one of their best times that they do is they answer violence with more violence. Um, They answer peace with more violence. Um, The brothers' introductions. Yeah, so so we had these... Mizzy's playing a kinku, which only can repeat what other people say. And then the other people are playing goblins. And they're actually technically brothers, and they've adopted Mizzy's Kinku as their brother. That is because Mizzy had this spark of improvisation. And don't ask me where it came from, but I, I think it might have been the the fact that I can only mimic what other people say. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And in like the, the first session... <laughs> I basically forced them to adopt me because in the in the in the first introduction it was I just piped up with we're brothers. <laughs> and so but what it is is anytime they, moment ever. <laughs> anytime that the group meets someone new, three of the five party members have this saying that they have to go through it. I'm Dean Smith. This is my brother Al, you know, Sam Smith. And, you know, and it goes, and they do this, all three of them do this little triad, you know, we're brothers type thing. See, at the you've very already end. messed it up, Gonzo. It's, yeah. Dean says, that's Sam Smith. Sam Sam goes, that's Alomar Smith. And then I go, that's Dean Smith. And then we all say, we're brothers. All at the same time. <laughs> and it's fantastic. It, yeah, it, it's kind of like their da- brother Daryl. I was thinking the same thing. I'm Larry. This is my brother Daryl. This is my other brother Daryl. <laughs> Yeah, and so it happens all the time, and eventually, you know, there's. And when you of... break the brothers up, it messes everything up. Don't yeah. break up the brothers. And when their paladin <laughs> leaves, they go in complete chaos. Everything goes in complete chaos. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's not taken very serious, but they've gotten into some trouble. Uh, they've caused some Our issues. Our paladin got into some trouble. Yeah, their paladin got thrown in jail for a little bit. Um, so, but I mean, there's just these things that happen and this chaos that's in the game, they probably, I think we're on what episode 16 and they're about Sounds an great. hour and a half to two hour game sessions because we, we were trying to keep it, you know, where everybody can still have their life and do things. Excuse me. And they possibly could have been done with a module by now, but we're letting it, I'm, I'm letting it run its course. You let the players run their course and run their thing. You, you, I, I'm not one to push you. I'll tell you if you're getting off track or you're like, Hey guys, y'all have got X, Y, Z. Um, y'all need to figure out what's with X, Y, Z, because if not, you're just going to be sitting here just burning time type thing. So, um, yeah, we also have one of them's a warlock. One of them's a, Wild Mage, and then Mizzy's a rogue. So, it's it's quite interesting. Um, and we have uh, another warlock. 
Landry Boudreaux, which is actually our speaker. He's usually our talk. He's usually the talker of the group, and he does he does a Southern gentleman accent the entire time we play. So it's even <laughs> I, better. I'd say it's a good balance between Creed and Landry being the speakers. Yeah, L- Landry, they, they don't let the brothers handle things. No, if the brothers <laughs> handle things. It would be because the brothers are goblins dressed up in tuxedos, pretty much. Um, but it it, it is a very chaotic game. But it is very still, you've got to get A, B, C. I just don't push the guys like, go, 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 like you were saying. Like, guys, here are your options. Next game session, y'all, you know, figure out what you're going to do. And, I, you know, they, they communicate outside of the game saying, okay, we got to get this, this, and this done. Because this is not working. Because they, there's not a timeline on this game. It's just eventually you're just going to be spinning your wheels. Because they also own a bar, and they've got to figure out their profits and their margins. They've got were rats uh, in their bar. Can't they just uh, hire rats, an accountant you say. to figure just out over... that stuff? Do what? Can't they just hire an accountant to figure out that stuff? Oh, they have. they have a manager. They have. <laughs> yeah, they've got Shiny all. They've... things to be kept in pockets. Yeah. Um... They've got debts to pay off, but they also got gangs that are fighting. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in this campaign. But, I mean, it's meant to be this chaotic fun. Um, and there is a story. They're still following it, but they've got, like, four branches that they have to go off. So, they have to figure out which one to go. And if, you know, they go, they go. I just let it, you just, you know, okay, you're going to go follow this timeline. Go follow that timeline. Um, and we'll get back to it on the other end. Um, but they're going to finish, eventually they'll finish the Dragon Heist module, and then we'll move on to character trees and mapping and going into the ruins of Render Mountain, where it'll be not serious, but it'll definitely be, you know, a little bit scarier type thing. Um, they have decided a couple of times that they shouldn't have continued on in the adventure and just left the dungeon, but they went on anyway and people almost died. Uh, specifically, I almost died. Thank uh, you. So, Mizzy's is still, <laughs> still kind of new to the D&D world and she didn't know what a mimic was. It's not oh. that I didn't know, it's that I was not expecting you to be so mean, but then <laughs> I, I should have expected that you would be so mean. So in this that one room, there's this soul. chest, and she's the only one at this chest in this dungeon. It was just an underground lair. And she was like, oh, a chest. And she goes, sewers. Yeah, it was in the sewers. And she went up and she goes, oh, a chest. I'm going to go unlock Shiny. it. Shiny! And, you know, the mimic gets her. <laughs> and I got eight. I was Aww. a mangled chicken. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to D&D. Yeah. So, you know, that's just a thing. Everybody has to learn how dangerous treasure chests can be. Yes. But again, bird, bird brain, shiny, must have the shiny. Oh, absolutely. I understand <laughs> that. I once had a character that was a crow. She was 11 and a half, and she was a crow that could shapeshift into a human girl. But she was a crow. So. Okay. That was her thing, too. Shiny and also eyeballs. And I remember one time I 
uh, my character was crouching over a uh, an orc that was trying to kill us, and he was lying there close to death. And I go, I'm going to eat your eyeballs now. And my friends all at the table are looking at me like, <laughs> this this like le- eleven year old girl like with a spoon in her hand. I love it. That's fantastic. So, so that's the thing. Let, let's talk about characters for a second, um, because I finally got to design my own character that I haven't been able to for a while. And so, whenever you're designing and making your own character, what do you think about first? Uh, do you think about like class? Do you think about race? Do you think about concept? Um, Kathy, what do you think? What do I think? Uh, you know, it's not always the same thing for me. And, and sometimes it depends on who's running the game. Sometimes it depends on who I'm playing with. And, uh, sometimes it just depends on what mood I'm in. (laughs) There's, there are a number of different things that influence me. And sometimes... If there are tables for every single decision, I'll just roll dice. And I'll be like, <laughs> okay, it looks like I'm human. Okay, it looks like, you know, I'm I'm a barbarian. Okay, it looks like I'm this, I'm this. And I just roll on all the tables to, to get my... And you know what? Sometimes not making any decision like that and then coming up with your personality and everything just based on this criteria that's laid before you can be really interesting and fun. Yeah. For example, uh, I usually wait to find out what, where we're playing or what we're doing. So a friend of mine, Josh is running a D and D campaign and the Fey world is actually pushing its way into and influences the real world, uh, the D and D world a lot. So the Fae are very prevalent in this homemade world of his. They cause a lot of mischief, a lot of things going on, so on and so forth. And so I decided to come up with a concept. Um, I haven't played a spellcaster in forever, so I decided I'd never played a warlock. So I'm playing a Fae warlock. So I'm a a Fae race that is actually disguising herself as a halfling. Because she caused too much trouble in the Fey world that she's hiding from the Fey world, so she's disguised herself and her race legally on character she's a Fey, but when people ask her whatever she portrays, she portrays as a halfling. They're like because she doesn't have wings, nothing like that. She is a uh, halfling warlock um, that uses a sword. Um, and so she has this problem that she's always hiding from the Fey world and doesn't want anything to do with the Fey because of, and I don't want to spoil the story too much because Mizzy's in this campaign that, um, she's running from the Fey and trying to hide from the Fey for something she did when she was living in the Fey world. Um, so she has, you know, she has a disguise kit, so on and so forth. <laughs> So, I am housebroken. Um, uh, Juicy, he is annoying, is what he is. <laughs> we love hey, him, Billy. but he is annoying. Here. <laughs> so, I that's usually how I go. I usually find out what my GM's running, and then just kind of go with a character concept. 
based on that, especially if something I haven't ever played before. Um, so it's just kind of you know what's funny. And I was talking about rolling up random on tables and and things like that. But last week, my friend was doing uh, his every other week community world building mm -hmm. uh, stream. And in this stream, we are all coming together in the chat to help him flesh out a world in which he's running a D&D campaign. And as the world grows and expands, you know, his the players that have just started out can can expand and go to other areas of the world. And 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 this goes for naming towns and figuring out what buildings are in the town, what kind of government is in the town, what kind of characters inhabit the buildings, you know, who's the blacksmith, who's the mayor, uh, what are their names? All these different things are being decided in the chat. And accidentally, my V, v and I were in the chat. And of course it was V. We, we came <laughs> up with an idea, a concept, to uh, be conjoined twins. I was like, wouldn't it be neat if we were like conjoined twins? We started out with, it's for D&D. So we were talking about, okay, so we're conjoined twins. Um, and what if we're fraternal twins? And somebody else is, what if you are like half, a half orc and a half elf? So like you're both half, you know, but she's like the half orc and, and I'm like the half elf and she's a barbarian and I'm a sorcerer. And she's a storm barbarian, and I'm a storm sorcerer. And we, <laughs> we're just always uh, arguing with each other about how we should solve whatever problem is in front of us. And she always wants to solve it with, you know, an axe or something, a club. Violence and, is more violent. Yes. And I want to solve it with, like, fire. Because, duh. <laughs> Oh, but but yeah, so 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 there's this concept that we started talking about, and we're like, now we just need to find somebody, a GM, who would want that in, yeah, you know, exactly, Bowie. It would it would end up being both, of course, but just really being able to go in depth and role playing, uh, conjoined twins as characters, you know, and not trying to to make a mockery of it, you know, just seriously, just being two people who are joined together. Um, and we thought how interesting it would be. And there's somebody else who is talking about running a game uh, recently. It, not D&D. &D. Well, possibly D&D, &D, but possibly one of a couple different other fantasy games. So we may actually get to play this character. And if we do, I will talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> Should be fun. Maisie, what about yours? I'm like Kathy. I say it's a little bit of both or all of the above. Um, so like what again with Arjun, it was talking to Becca and being like, okay, what what what's a good fit for me? Like what do I want to play? What sounds exciting? Um, and then like with Alamer, I was like, well, this sounds cool. Why not? 
and then I actually built a character based off of like my fantasy pirate me version and I named her Shax who is a tiefling rogue pirate and I actually have a miniature printed off and primed so that I can use it take pictures and use it it's really cool um but like I I can imagine the Shax being like the super charismatic but you know like just chaotic pirate basically and then other times it's it's okay I need a character like what what sounds good like what what have I been watching type thing uh I built a war domain cleric based off of Kratos and Vavatos Vex from the Troll Hunter series so it really just depends I would say Sorry, I was stuffing my face with homemade chocolate chip cookies. Freshly baked. <laughs> Bake? Who bakes them? Who bakes them? Who bakes them when you can eat them right out of the bowl? <laughs> in dough form. It depends on if you need to beat batter not faces. That's a paddling. Right, John? Eating on stream, that's a paddling. Sorry, those were just good. You know, I, the the concepts that I come through, I don't ever get to play very rarely. Um, and uh, there are times that I was like, you know what, I think I might pay someone to run a game session because there's plenty of people that do this. Because I've always wanted to see what it's like to see someone, you know, to see what it's like to play in a paid game and stuff. But I mean, I always try to figure out which, you know, you're, you were talking about having so many issues with character sheets and all the different things um, that go along with the character. D&D Beyond has been very good for people that have that issue because it calculates everything together for you and makes it a yes. whole lot easier for a lot, especially for new people. Um, it's been a very good thing for a lot of new people uh, to think, build their characters. Uh, while that makes it easier to build a character if you have time constraints and if you don't have the the books mm-hmm. or if you don't know what uh, you're it's, doing it's valuable it is a valuable tool to actually read the the player's handbook at the very beginning has a very simple way of building your character from scratch to first level very easy uh yes you do have to go back and forth from your class to your to how you build the character, you know, and and flip back and forth, and uh, but it explains the math. And if I can figure out the math, anybody can figure out the math. <laughs> Are you sure it, about it, that, Kathy? It, oh yes, <laughs> math it's is very math helpful is to actually look at the book and see how the math works, so you can be like, oh okay, okay. It it really helps you understand. It's important so, to know to know this this mechanic, and it really isn't that complex. No, but I mean, the, the one thing that I do like is there are a lot of people that probably would have never played if it wasn't for the online and that program, uh, because it, it makes it so simple and so easy for people. John, so. I might lose points with you, but I have to point out that I, in our Twilight of the Fae campaign, I made a. 
Um, I made my character the basically the guardian over lycanthropes. <laughs> so I, I have to give this one to Baneon, I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's a lot of good things that are out there um, for a lot of people to help with things. Now, I wish there was more out there for other game systems because there's a lot of good game systems like Shadowrun could have that. You could have you know, a character builder for that stuff. But I mean, of course, it takes money to do all that stuff. Um, but I really, I really think the one thing about all of this that goes through is we're all busy people. We're always doing something that these gates, excuse me, we should be playing them for fun. Um, and if you're not having fun with the game, you need to say something. Um, whether the player is being, you know, a tournament GM or it's just not a setting you like, or it's not a, um, campaign you like, or the, you know, the players aren't, you know, it's not your style. Um, I never got to play the Mistborn. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I don't. I don't know where the session zero idea started. I'm not asking. Um, I never did that when I was younger. We never planned things out like that, but I absolutely love that idea. I am sold 100% on everybody should have at least one session zero, if not two, to, to create characters together and create you know, the way in which all the characters know each other. And everything I feel like and also to get together with the GM and the other players and talk about the things that uh, you want to see and things that you absolutely don't want to see things that are like a hard stop or a trigger for you where you're like I cannot deal with this particular issue you know ever it's too real for me you know correct and and talking about things like that in a session zero I it's an amazing concept. I am very grateful for whoever came up with it. <laughs> I, I, I've always, anytime I played a, a game session, we always got together and our session zeros are character creation areas. And we all just kind of talk and like, ooh, I'm going to make this. Ooh, cool. I think I want to make this, you know, and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's only been really recently that a lot of people have been pulling the you know, the, the cards. Hey, that's a subject I don't want to, you know, get into and don't want to talk about. Can you just take my character out of that? Whatever, which is great. Everybody should be able to feel like, hey, that is too much for me. I'm not going to be part of that uh, type thing. And you, and you should also tell people that if you're playing like uh, ex- prime example, um, Ravenloft. Ravenloft is a very, very dark and evil place. And you're like, this is a horror campaign. Do you want to play in a horror campaign? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Then we won't. Then, you know, this isn't either for you. Either we can find someone else or we won't play in Ravenloft. Um, but that's also, you need to communicate with not only, you know, your players, the GM's got to, you know, this is what I run a play and this is how I want to play it. Is this going to be too much for you or, you know, whatever type thing. So, yeah, I had, I had a friend that I was gaming with uh, and her thing at the beginning was, I don't want romance in my, in my, I don't want PCs to 
try and be romantic with me. I don't want non-player characters to try and be romantic with me. That's not what I'm interested in uh, playing this game. And I felt like that was a great thing for her to come out and say and be like, look, I, I don't want to, you got, you all can do that amongst yourselves as player characters or NPCs, but don't, you know, don't be coming to me, you know, as characters or NPCs with this. Yeah, there was, uh, I was playing in a uh, Vampire Masquerade campaign and we had a, a person that wanted to continuously, you know, have a sexual theme. And it was okay because the vampire theme was prevalent, but this person wanted to roleplay sex. And I'm like, we're not roleplaying sex. No, you can have a romantic relationship and you can say, hey, I'm going to take this person and we're going to go somewhere else. Fine, we can leave it at that. And this person was like, well, I want to take off her clothes. And we're like, nope. We're not doing that. <laughs> you take the game master and go into the other room and do your do like the secret room thing for that. Yeah. You don't yeah. all need to see that. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we don't do it that. We're like, yeah, the boot scene. That's the best way to do it is like, hey, I'm going to try to seduce this lady. Yes or no. Legionnaires, regime, pale hydrate. Pale hydrate. I'm probably, well, no, Kathy hydrates. <laughs> Yeah, John is pretty much lights dim. The next scene, characters are putting on their boots. Yes, that's that's how we do it. That's about as far. But I don't want to role play. I take off her shoes, and I'm like, nope, done. That's a totally different kind of role play. Yep. So, uh, it is actually media time. Media time. Media time. So, uh, I have seventy-five thousand things. Okay. Of course you do. <laughs> we only have like five. Milkshake, then. What else is new here? <laughs> <laughs> I actually have one, two, three, four things to talk about. Kathy, how many you got? Uh, I have like three. Mizzy? I have two. And I... well, technically three, but one is a YouTube video. Okay. Uh, I'll go and go with mine. It'll be quick and easy. Um, I did finish watching Atypical. Uh, Atypical is about a story of a um, high school college student that has uh, autism and the day-to-day of life and the life of the sister, the life of the family um, type thing. It is a very good series. It is a drama with a little bit of comedy. Um, the series finished. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Because it's a lot to see uh, some of the things that the kid does. Uh, not only am I myself, but also the people I work with and my students uh, that I've had. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, really good, it's a really good show. Um, it, uh, it, it's, it is a drama. It does get serious. It does get a bit of uh, sappy at times. But, I mean, it's just very solid. Um, I like it a lot. Um, I would probably give it one space herpes because there was one season where it was kind of just like meh type thing. But overall, it was a very good series. I liked it a lot. Kathy, what you got? I watched all of Loki on Monday. Uh, I mean... So, so we, we're, <laughs> should we wait till John so we can do all it? Because we'll have to do a spoiler reveal. Yeah, that's right. We were gonna, we were gonna do that 
this week, but then, okay, so next week we'll talk about, but I can still say that I enjoyed it. Yes. That doesn't spoil anything. No. I enjoyed it, and now I understand the memes. Thank you very much. You understand why I love it so much now. (laughs) Yeah. It is very fun. We're going to do a spoiler reveal on it on next week. Next Um, week, okay. Type thing. But you enjoyed it a lot. You you want to give us your preliminary uh, space herpes? I'm not giving it any space herpes. It was a very fun ride, and I'm looking forward to the next season. Cool. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Mizzy, what's your first one? Um, (laughs) So let's go ahead and get the... The one out of the way. So I watched Gunpowder Milkshake last night. <laughs> and honestly, it's a gonzo problem, guys. Like, I enjoy it. I told it. her it was. I don't know what's wrong with it. It totally it's is a gonzo, gonzo problem. problem. Yeah. It's it's a ride from start to finish. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost non-stop action. There's like a couple parts where it pauses in the action. And like I was saying earlier before we started the stream, there are a couple parts where it gets a little too touchy-feely girly and right about the time where I'm like, oh, for the love of God, then it starts to pick up again. Yes. Uh, I, w- I would agree with that for sure. Um, I, I, I was actually messaging Kathy during watch- watching it and I... I had noticed a detail that maybe she she probably didn't because it's a Disney reference, but I liked how the costuming of the the three librarians kind of sort of matched the fairy godmothers. Yeah, if I was uh, now wait, so the three fairy godmothers, which Disney is that from? Like I didn't Sleeping grow Beauty, up on Disney cartoons. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it was Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Okay. I, I was but, I was thinking, was it Sleeping Beauty? Was it Cinderella? I don't know. I know there's a fairy godmother in Cinderella, but yeah. So yeah, I didn't grow up on the the Disney cartoons like most. I'm people, a '90s kid. I can't help it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Hmm? I was gonna say, what were you gonna give it? I'd probably give it one, just because. It, it is what it is. It's an action-packed movie. I enjoyed it. It made me yeah. laugh. Okay. So. So, uh, so. Yeah, I was gonna. I think. Did I go one and a half or two? I think you went one and a half. One and a half to two. Yeah, because because there were those couple of spots where it got slow and and it it's just started to get a little mushy and I was like, no man, why? Why? This Let's is get an back action to the movie. action. Yeah. Let's get back in, to the ass kicking. Yes. I'm not in this for the uh you know, the Hallmark channel moment. <laughs> so yeah. So but, yeah. Very fun. I finished playing a couple of games and was bored with a couple of MMOs I've been playing. And so I was trying to find a new game to play. Something cheap. Something that, you know, maybe has been gotten some upgrades or whatever. And so I went through my PlayStation list and was just like going through all of these games going, yeah, yeah, no, no. And just going to think. And I ran across a game called uh, Generation Zero. Generation Zero. Uh, I don't play well. Um, Generation Zero. 
and it is a game set in 1989, post-apocalyptic, alternate reality, Sweden. Um, and I was, I, I like post-apocalyptic open world games, especially that have building and crafting and so on and so forth. The story is a group. Yeah, it, it's, it's very specific. Yeah, people are leaving well for other reasons. Um, and so robots have taken over Sweden. And they are attacking and killing people left and right. Um, I'm still learning the story, still going it. But this game is huge. And I'm talking, it is huge maps. Um, the robots are super powerful. You have, you know, 19... 90s weaponry so you're not you know you don't have you know large guns and all this other stuff you have handguns and shotguns and rifles you know that you can find and there's a few military stuff here and there but it is very much a you know scrounge survival world a very much a uh generation zero legionnaires uh very much a stealth ambushing game um i've only seen a couple of the large 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 things uh, not these yet I haven't got there I'm only it is kind of like a seven days to die except for there's no there's no base building perhaps like you would normally like you can build a base anywhere uh, they just added base building but only in one specific area and I'm trying to get to there right now it's just this place is freaking huge because you have to solve a uh, a quest to get to that. Um, the game was only like $14. Um, so it wasn't a lot of money. Um, no recurring fees or anything. You can play with you and three other friends. Um, I haven't got to the base building yet, so I'm waiting to. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. You have to be super careful because these robots are like, you know... Super powerful, track you down for a long time. So you gotta, you know, learn to bob and weave and get out of the way and do all this other stuff. It would be right now. I'm only giving it about a one space therapy because I'm still in the beginning of it and still doing a ton of the missions. Uh, nobody is because you can leave your game open that either only friends can join or random people can join your game. Um, so I'm kind of waiting to see what happens. Um, but it is, I mean, it's been really fun. Graphics are good. There's no complaints about that. Uh, a few minor bugs. I had a, uh, giant robot and I would say giant. It's like one and a half stories tall glitch through the door and come into this house I was hiding in because your best tactic is shoot what you can. And if you get caught, run into a house, close the door and try to hide away and, you know, be stealthy and everything. And so, yeah, it's a small robot. <laughs> um, the big ones are pretty scary and they shoot like giant <laughs> things. So, um, but, uh, it, one of them glitched through the door and got through the, got stuck through the door into this house. And so it was like scrambling around, you know, hiding around corners, shooting in it and hiding back and everything. So he's doing that. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you made it on PlayStation and you download Generation Zero, uh, let me know. Uh, I'll let you in the game and we can play and try to survive because you have to use, for 
some of the larger ones you have to use uh guerrilla tactics like throwing emps throwing really? firecrackers <laughs> type stuff to make sure that you know you can take these down without them wiping you out uh there's some cool videos on there if you want to see what it is uh but uh i'm enjoying it it's been a lot of fun kathy I watched double feature on Saturday, starting out with Burn After Reading, because I went, what's free on the Amazon Prime? <laughs> and that's one that looked like it would be fun. And, and it was described as a spy comedy. And I love John Malkovich and George Clooney. And I didn't even realize it was a Coen Brothers film until I was like halfway through it. And my friend was like, Oh, yeah, this is Cone Brothers. And I'm like, ah, okay. This explains a lot of things. Uh, Francis McDormand was in it. Brad Pitt was in it. And the two of them as uh, a pair of people that work at a fitness center and find something that they think is crucial, top secret uh, intelligence data and then they discover who owns this data and and then and then bumble their way through trying to uh, uh trying to return this data in the hopes of getting a reward but as they talk to the guy on the phone he's he's a spy <laughs> Or a data analyst for the CIA, and he's thinking that they're blackmailing him, and so they end up actually blackmailing him. And Frances McDormand's character is only interested in getting the money so that she can pay for uh, plastic surgery. <laughs> and a hilarity ensues. This is just this comedy. So John Malkovich is this character who's who's basically just been not fired, but might as well be fired. So he quits. And his wife is just, oh, played by Kate Blanchett, I think. And she's just the ice queen. She's just cold, controlling, manipulative. And, uh, and she plays it so well. No, not Kate Blanchett. Or was it? Oh, who was it? I can't, I can't remember. Hold on. Let me see. Tilda Swinton. It's been Swinton. a while. I've seen it, but it's been a long time. Tilda Swinton. It. it was. Yeah. And I felt like I should know it because she was so familiar to me. Couldn't think of the name. Anyways, so she's amazing as just this ice cold bitch. And uh, everybody's having affairs with everybody else. And... Somebody accidentally gets killed. <laughs> Just the whole thing was ridiculous. And in the end, it's what happens at the end. Just, it's perfect, really. The whole thing is absurd. And I loved it. And, you know, spy movies. But, you know, <laughs> that's just me. I give that... One space for B. And, I'll, you know, I don't even, I don't know why. I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked the way it ended. There was a moment where I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. 
I was just staring at the screen. I'm like, and uh, yeah, so worth it. So worth it. But yeah, uh, one space herpes. Not perfect, but very, very, very fun. Cool. It might have, I called it a happy ending. Other people might not see it that way. I watched uh, Quiet Place 2. Um, based off of Quiet Place 1, of course, it's a sequel. And a direct sequel. Um, it l- leaves off... It starts up where the movie left off. Uh, so it's complete 100%. Um, I really liked this this movie. I liked Quiet Place 1. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, no. Hold on. I liked this one a lot uh, for the simple fact that they explain what's happening and why these creatures are the way they are and where they come from. Um, so it answers more than anything about what's going on in the series um, or in the, in the first one. Cause you didn't know what these creatures were. You didn't know where they came from. You didn't know anything for the most part. They explain and go back a bit in this um, movie. There's a little bit of flashback at the very beginning, but then it picks up, backs up and goes straight to where the story is um, and leads off exactly where the movie left off. Um, I like this a lot it was pretty good um i don't expect us to see a quiet place three i think it'll it should be done there shouldn't be another one for any reason um and so i really uh really like this one a lot i gave it like one because there was a couple of times that it was just like eh, okay but uh for the most part i really enjoyed it uh i thought it was a really good take on you know monsters and movies and uh post-apocalyptic type stuff um so I'm glad that there's an end and we know what the monsters are and where they came from. So other than that, Mizzy, your next one. Uh, my next one is the entire season of Being Human. And so I ended up watching it because I texted Gonzo and I was, I was like, you know, bu- building my character, you know, our topic. <laughs> I was like, you know, I really want to watch Lost Girl again because like, you know, Dyson is amazing as a werewolf. But he was like, you know, try watching this instead. It's tons better. But so being human is really fun. I like it. Uh, Josh is completely adorable and amazing. Like, he's such a sweetheart. But he's got his own issues. It is what it is. Uh, Sally, I love her story. I love her evolution. It's really good. I see why Gonzo and uh, it's aimed more towards him and his, like, case as opposed to lost girl because lost girl i feel like is geared towards girls in their mid to early to mid 20s who enjoy reading fan fiction and obviously gonzo is not that at all he's not (laughs) no no but so i don't feel like you could actually compare compare the two because they're so different that being said, <laughs> right, Banyan? No, I am sure. I, I can confirm. But, um, so I enjoyed it. Obviously, I binge watched the entire first season, and then I got upset because I couldn't, I couldn't continue to watch the second season because it's not available on one of the streaming services that I have. 
but um, yeah, again, one space herpy. It's nice. I like it. Which also, but there should be a lot of people know this is the U.S. version, not yes. the BBC version. Um, I I tried watching the BBC, but I watched the U.S. version first, and I was like, nah. <laughs> I and, you know the, the U.S. version was just to me was just better. Um, I really liked it too. Uh, I liked all the seasons. It kind of drug on at the end, um, but you can tell that they were like, oh, we're gonna get canceled. Let's wrap up the stories. And they didn't get canceled. They let them have a finish to the story. So I thought that was really good. Well, that gives me a little bit of hope, at least, for whenever I do eventually watch them. <laughs> yeah, they're, the the it's like second to last season. It kind of like drug a little bit, and you're like, okay. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, next season's our last season. Oh, let's hurry up and finish these stories, type thing. So, I enjoyed it a lot too. Uh, Kathy, you got any more? I do. Uh. So the second movie that I ended up watching, and, and it was kind of an accident, but it, it turned out to be like a George Clooney weekend. And the theme of the weekend was goats, as it turned out. But <laughs> <laughs> the next one I watched was The Men Who Stare at Goats. And uh, so George Clooney, Ewan McGregor, uh, psychic soldiers um jeff bridges was amazing uh in this movie and uh just the premise of it and i love george clooney's character it was fantastic uh these guys going off to uh iraq to uh, i don't know if i could even explain it it was just so bizarre it was you know what's funny though it's not as bizarre as burn after reading that that actually was more bizarre than this this was all about uh projecting your mind using your mind as a weapon uh this the secret government uh army project to make super soldiers who are like super psychic yeah remote viewing and giving goats heart attacks this is most magic yeah and he never forgave himself for giving that goat, uh, stopping that goat's heart. He's guilty. And then, you know, at the end, it was all about redemption. And uh, it's just... I'm not good at explaining this one. It's, it's, it's a pretty weird one to begin with. Yeah. Uh, it was fun, though. It really was fun. I really enjoyed it. In the end, when uh, the Ewing McGregor's character decides to run at the wall, um, I personally like to think that when he runs through the wall, the, the place in which he appears after he disappears through the wall, the place in which he appears is wherever... Clooney and Jeff Bridges' characters ended up when they took the helicopter and went off. That's in my headspace. That's <laughs> what happened. <laughs> so, but it was it was fun, and I give that one zero space herpes. It was it was weird, weird. It was and, very weird and interesting and fun, and I. I laughed my ass off when the entire 
when the entire army base uh, was on LSD. Also, when when a soldier decided that in order to open your mind, you had to go and live with a bunch of hippies. That cracked me up. Like, naked hot tubbing and dropping acid and all this stuff to get in touch with, you know, your mind. It was amazing. Uh, My last one is Walking Dead season 10, I think is what it is. It's the newest season that hit Netflix this week. Um, I used to watch Walking Dead all the time back when it was back when I had AMC, but I don't ever I don't have it anymore. So you know I switched over and had to you know forget about it. So I only got to watch like the first three episodes of the last season. So it came on uh, Netflix this week, and I'm glad that next season is the last season. It's gone on long enough. Um, I like it as a TV show. I like the characters. I like the story, but it's time for the the series to be over with. Uh, There's only so much more that you can do that. Hey, this is the next badass group that's going to try to kill all the people, or this is the, you know, all the, you know, the zombies from hell are going to come through. It's just like, it's time. Um, I know they didn't follow the comic the way it was supposed to, which is okay. Uh, They created their own thing. Um, I'm happy with it. Uh, I'll watch the newest season because I'm able to watch it now on uh, another streaming service that someone gave me. So I, I'm happy with it. I I can't wait to see how they end it and what they're going to end. Um, but I'll be glad that there's going to be an end to it. Uh, this last season, I give it one and a half because. For the most part, the entire series, the entire season was good, except for like the last three episodes. They did a bunch of flashback episodes to get you to feel for the characters, and I'm like, I already feel for the characters. I've been watching them for you know, you know, ten seasons. I don't need more flashbacks, but that's just how it is. Flashbacks are to save the budget for something that's extravagant. Yeah. So. Uh, other than that, I had a good time. It was great. Uh, I'm glad that, there, like I said, there's going to be an end. Um, I'm ready for it end. Uh, I'm ready to see what the end is going to be like so we can, we can have more fun. So, other than that. Uh, anybody else got anything? Did you have that YouTube thing you wanted to talk about, Mizzy? Oh, yeah. So, I was watching John stream MechWarrior online. I think it was Friday. And... He had said something about the the phrase "hippity hoppity get off my property," and I was like, "What? That's hilarious!" And so he ended up sending me um, the the video where <laughs> um, it it was mentioned in like some lore for Mech Warrior Online and. Um, not really a whole lot to it. I just thought it was hilarious, you know, hippity hoppity get off my property. <laughs> so that's really it. <laughs> Made me laugh. So. Yes, and John, and John just John, the link to it. 
I'd say it's about 20 minutes in. Don't quote me, though. Well, guys, uh, that is going to be it for our episode tonight. We want to thank Captain Mizzy for coming on and filling John's shoes and talking about they RPGs. Were big shoes. <laughs> thank you, Mizzy. Yeah, John's shoes are big. Um, other than that, we will be back next week uh, where we will be discussing Loki in detail with spoilers. So you have been warned. All the spoilers. Go watch it. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, we will be sending you off to Big Gen Slate Gaming um, once we do all this done. So stick around for that. Make sure you go over there. Give him a shout. Give him a holler. Give him a like. Give him a follow. I believe um, tonight he's painting miniatures. Yes. What? Yeah, he is painting tonight. Nice. Not a thing that he does very often. No. That is awesome. So, for Brother Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. I am not John. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>